Talent Talk Tuesdays is all about harnessing your God-given talents to live with greater clarity, purpose, and joy. You are wonderfully made, my friends. May all we do be for God's glory. Welcome to Talent Talk Tuesdays. I'm your host, Lisa Maladnik, and today's topic is Warriors at Peace Together. So before I share a case history, I'd like to explain why I'm using the term warriors. It doesn't refer to conflict in marriage, although we are dealing with conflict in marriage. This idea, though, can help our marriages harness the strengths we've been given by God and help us to live in peace with one another. I'll explain with a Bible reference. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God says it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmate. Now, God is not saying that he's making the woman to do the laundry and drive the kids to soccer. <laughs> Those are wonderful things to do. But just for the record, it's not what helpmate actually means. Here's what I found out about it. In the Shalom World TV program, Real Men, one of my favorite Catholic scholars, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, explains that the term helpmate in ancient Hebrew is actually the words ezer konegdo, which means warrior. He goes on to say, that Ezra Konegdo means that it's someone who stands with you in battle to protect you and fight for you. Now, before original sin, that partnership between the two warriors was perfect. Adam and Eve were made for each other, and everything was amazing for a while. So fast forward, and here we are in this broken world, left longing for so much more than seems possible. We want real intimacy, trust, romance, fun. We want to be able to depend on each other. But here's the paradox. The great prophet Jeremiah says, cursed is the man who trusts in human beings. <laughs> Psalm 118 verse 8 says, better to take refuge in the Lord than to put one's trust in mortals. And that's wise. No human being can save us, and they can't even fulfill any of our temporal needs completely, and they certainly can't truly know and love us the way God can. Yet in John 13, 34, Jesus tells us, love one another as I have loved you. Kind of makes you stop in your tracks because humanly this is impossible. But, and here I know again that I'm preaching to the choir, what's necessary is uniting our will with divine grace and the virtue of hope, plus a little more information about each other than we're used to having. These things together really help a lot so that both warriors can experience the peace and fulfillment of living in their God-given gifts. Here's an example. One of my former clients has given me permission to share. This lovely lady has been married to an entrepreneur for about 25 years. He is a go-getter, a people person, high in the influencing theme Gallup calls communication, and even higher, a thinking theme called strategic. We talked about that a few episodes ago with the creative marketing director. Okay, so, but that means that combination of the two, that he's got a super fast moving strategic brain, and it really helps him to process his thoughts out loud in words. So his wife told me after they went through their Clifton strengths, it used to drive me crazy that he would sit in the den and talk out loud to himself every day. But then I found out it was his God given gift of strategic thinking. And now I think it's adorable. <laughs> So you can see the shift that happens from my husband is weird, I wish he would just stop that, to my husband is uniquely designed by God. It's adorable. And suddenly all offense melts away, all criticism it loses its former power. 
And then these two mighty warriors, and believe me, these are powerhouses of faith and virtue, live with more peace than they did before because of a little understanding. Now, here's an example of my own. My number one talent theme is a strategic thinking theme called input. Input is the natural researcher and teacher. It's an extremely other-oriented thinking theme. Typically, input learns something super cool and can't wait to share it for the betterment of others. Many teachers and uh, trainers are very high in input, so they just love whatever new fact or idea or whatever it is that they're excited about so much that they figure everyone else will love it too. But input can often have pretty serious self-management issues. All the talents do, so be aware of that. Here's inputs. If input is not self-aware, it talks way too much and fire hoses people with information. They start to back up a step, but input doesn't understand if it's not a mature talent. The person high in input is literally high on endorphins because he or she is operating in a natural talent. That's true for all the talents. When you're using them, your brain gets really happy. It's part of God's design. The downside is that you get that endorphin rush by using your natural talents, whether you're using them well or not. Now, remember, input loves to share whatever it's learning today. So before I understood this, my family looked like to me that nobody was interested in anything that was important to me. I would start talking a lot and they would glaze over and look uncomfortable. So imagine my feelings of isolation and resentment, you know, good grief, you know, I'm the mother in the home, I'm the wife. Haven't I listened to everybody else? Didn't they owe me the same courtesy? You can see that we can get our feelings hurt when we don't understand ourselves. But my poor family was shrinking away from me because I didn't have a sense of how I was landing with them, how my unrestrained sharing was making them feel. Now, I'm a pretty intense person, and when I'm enthusiastic, I can come on very strong. So when I read in my Gallup report that input overshares and overloads people with information, Gallup's description to me was that of a bore. Someone who just talks and talks about whatever interests them without coming up for air at the expense of other people. And that really bothered me, and it humbled me. So my report advised taking care to think before sharing, to bullet point ideas, sort of curating them for the particular listener, like what might actually interest or bless this person, and leaving plenty of space for others to think and talk and share. So I had this awakening, and I realized that my lack of self-awareness around this talent had resulted in a kind of selfishness on my part, and absolutely needless resentments. So while our first example of the entrepreneur's wife is about someone from the outside looking in and understanding, learning to really know what it is that they're seeing, my own example shows that we need to learn to manage our gifts from the inside out as well. And this is true of all the talents, because every one of them has blind spots. And if we want to be understood and loved and accepted, we also have to work hard to fill our talents up with virtue through good self-management. And that starts with learning about them. So when we do that, we restore the peace by not wrongly judging others, because sometimes the fault is actually ours. So remember that understanding talent can come in either direction, from the outside in and from the inside out. And both can offer greater peace, where there was once antagonism and unfair judgments. 
And I hope that just this little bit of an awareness helps you dig a little deeper into your talents. Bring them before the Lord. I like to use my blind spots in my examination of conscience because those are places I typically fail. Um, but of course it gets better and better over time. And by doing that, we become peacemakers with our fellow warriors. I hope that's helpful. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can write to me at lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, you're wonderfully made, my friends. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me, too. God bless you.